strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! You know what, since we're on a Wednesday, let's call roll right off the top just to be sure. Present. Ron Wolfley? Present. Okay, now that we have that. Yours truly, Pauly Pouncelneck, has a question. True or false? In your day, you frequented many a dive bar. (laughs) You know what? That's actually, that's a rhetorical question. I didn't see that coming, Pauly. I'm going to say true. That's a rhetorical question. You may have been ear-holed, but you know the answer. Of course you did. So with that in mind, and that said, Did you or did you not advise J.J. Watt? I mean, were you the mastermind of that game plan, Ron Wolfley, the idea man behind the three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year mingling with the people out and about at a local tavern this past weekend, throwing down brewskis and, I don't know, schooling the unwashed masses in golden tea? (laughs) No, Paulie, that that definitely was not me. Um, I made as many enemies on the sideline, (laughs) even at home games, as I did on the road, Paul. You work your way through college, actually, in a, in a dive saying. bar. But that, I mean, honestly, Wolf, you, you know, I don't know what your major was in, but your minor was in dive bars. Let's be honest. Yeah, in Paul, college. I mean, honestly, Come on now. Somebody hand me the pool cue, please. <laughs> this right. guy's talking way too much. That's right. Hey, we did our, we did our uh, poll, you know, what's the best uh, dive bar game? And uh, I said, well, there are two. Number one is darts. Anything, anytime you can throw something that'll kill a guy, that's number one. And then pool, anytime you can swing something that kills a guy that's number two so you know i you know what number three is Polly knuckles have you ever heard of knuckles Polly? where what, yeah the you, card game yeah the knuckles uh, they're card games and you know what they do right the miners would sit around they'd whip these cards at their knuckles just in little cuts what? these micro yes little paper cuts? very microscopic cuts Polly. they would they would callous over and form this hard metallic Jeez. it was called knuckles paul they'd sit there and just throw Cards, playing cards at the other guy's knuckles. Think about that, man. Well, I can say this. April 19th is the official start date for the Arizona Cardinals offseason strength and conditioning program. And I'm guessing Buddy Morris, your reigning NFL strength coach of the year, does not have knuckles as part of the regiment for the Arizona Cardinals. Paulie, if you ask him, Buddy will know knuckles. (laughs) He'll know the game knuckles. Well, he's Just from looking Pennsylvania, at his sleeveless right? arms walking around, Paul. That's right. I'm surprised you guys get along. He's, he's kind of a Pittsburgh guy, you know, you and you and you and Buddy. But you find a way. You find a way to connect. That's good. That's good. So, yes, the, the off-season dates have been finalized. The mini camps and OTAs, they're upcoming. But first, 
we're going to have the NFL draft, right? Before these guys are really hitting the field in earnest. We are T-minus three weeks and one day away from the first round of the draft. In fact, on this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert, we are Santan Ford. How about Rashad Johnson? The former Arizona Cardinals standout safety and current member of the Alabama broadcast crew in that football program because you can't talk the draft without talking some of the Bama top recruits and the SEC as well because, Wolf, I mean, think of how many mock drafts have somebody, a a playmaker from the SEC, going to your Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, no, that's going to be great, just the fact we get to talk to Rashad Johnson about that, Polly. I mean, they're... There are some guys out there. Jordan Davis just comes to mind immediately. Uh, the defensive tackle from Georgia. Um, I, I don't know, Paulie, if I've ever seen anybody like this. Honestly, I'm trying to think. Um, w- listen. I mean, there, there's the Jets left tackle from two years ago, Makai Becton, and they call him Mount Becton. Yes. But Mount Becton ain't running no 478. No, he's not running a 478, Paul. Do you know no. how fast that is for a man that's 341 pounds to be running a sub 48? It's it's like impossible that I've never heard of somebody running a four seven eight that weighed three hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, All right, I so- played with some guys, Paulie, that were really really nimble on their feet. Derek Kennard weighed three hundred and forty pounds, but he had the butt the size of Jupiter in it. It honestly, it slowed him down and anchored him a little bit that way. He wouldn't run an 0478, but off the ball, quickness wise, oh my goodness. He was he was terrified. And you're a man who survived getting slimed by the fridge, William the refrigerator Perry. So you, you uh, let's know, see, six three three eighty five. Um <laughs> he was quick as a cat, but he could only do it for one play ball. Then he had to go over and suck it up a little. So will Jordan Davis or somebody else be in Cardinals rookie minicamp, which will be mid-May? And then, of course, you're going to have the official OTAs. You're going to have the minicamp. And Drew Stanton, longtime NFL quarterback, former Cardinals quarterback, was on the Red Sea Report this week. And the simple question from Greg Grealu was just, okay, what is the value exactly of these off-season workouts and minicamps? When you kind of start to crawl before you walk, walk before you run, that whole process of the build-up, the training camp for a lot of these guys, because they haven't had that luxury. And now you can sit there and you can ask questions. You can be able to dive deeper into what's going on. They can sit there and see themselves on film. Why did you do this? You can diagnose things. So it's such a valuable asset and tool if you approach it that way. There you go. Drew Stan on the Red Sea Report. In your mind, Wolf, is there a certain position group that will benefit most? I mean, certain players or or areas where you think the Cardinals can make that next step based on some of the off-season procedures? Yeah, you know, I've said for the longest time, Paulie, the further you get away from the football, the better your odds are of actually getting better in the off-season. Seriously. Mm. And Steve Breston truly changed my mind on that, Paulie. Steve, do you remember that off-season that he had, Paul, from one season to the next? that offseason where he was really, really absorbing the offense. He was making plays. He was learning how to get off the press. Um, I, he just was – he grew so much in the offseason and then came back and had that 1,000-yard season where he was part of the greatest show on turf, if you and, know what I mean. And, and part you know two. What? Yes, and, and you saw it from your angle, and I heard it from the sideline, his rookie year, and how many times he got aired out by Kurt Warner yes. and the offensive coaches for just the mental mistakes, the failure to you know adapt or adjust to a route and read coverage. Because you know how critical that is for all the receivers, obviously. And so he made that that leap 
just mentally from year one to year two. And dare I say that there were too many times, it was too often, it was too frequent a year ago, where Kyler Murray was not on the same page with a lot of his receivers. Yeah. And, and you know, A.J. Green, how many times can you think of? And it wasn't just the fateful failure to turn around against Green Bay. There were other times where they just weren't on the same page. If Rondell Moore truly wants to be wide no. receiver too, or at least be that downfield threat, he's going to have to get that chemistry with Kyler Murray. Right, Paulie. And here's the other thing too, once again. Um, honestly, we had this belief as players back when I was playing, and you got to remember, that was 1985 when I come when I came into the league. 1985, Paulie, it was a brutal, physical game. Everybody was running the same offense for the most part. Everybody ran the same place. It was just how much more brutal could you possibly be? So when you've got that mindset and you're in the offseason and you're not putting the pads on, you're running around in shorts and a helmet, Paul, nobody respected anything that you were doing because we all knew it's not football until you put the mouth guard in and start leveling somebody, right? And there are still some positions where I think that might be true, Paul. And, of course, it's the offensive line, and I think the defensive line, we'd look at that closely. But a guy like Zayvon Collins, by way of example, oh, my goodness, this is going to be a critical offseason for Zayvon Collins. Paul, if he gets it down mentally, if he gets his eyes adjusted where they need to be, I think we can expect an awful lot out of this dude. Yeah. Can he call the defense? Can he wear the green dot? Can he communicate it to a defense? Can he make those adjustments based on what the offense is doing once they break the huddle? Yes, these are all things where you can make progress in the offseason. In fact, that that was the next question of Drew Stan, former Cardinals quarterback on the Red Sea Report certain guys that I worked with, they run routes, even it might be the same route, but how they run it on the right side is vastly different than how they run it on the left side. If they break down, when they drop their weight, how they come out of their cut, you know, is this a, a speed cut? Is this a breakdown and come out of the cut? Is this the right angle that you're at? Is this the right coverage we're seeing? So, yes, this allows you to do those things, much like on the defensive side of the ball, that secondary has to work in unison. They're disguising of coverages, how much we do and how active we are at the line of scrimmage with our safeties rocking and rolling them, trying to Hold it the last second. If every NFL game comes down to a handful of plays, maybe even one or two plays, yeah. and that play is decided by a matter of inches, then those are the sort of things that can make a difference, yes. a big difference in the outcome of games. Yes, and of course, I didn't hear the whole conversation with Drew Stanton, but man, it's interesting to hear him talking about receivers and trying to get some type of chemistry with receivers, whether they're on the right side or the left side, and defensive backs as well. You know, I really believe still that's where you can improve the most, but knowing what to do is so critical, so important. Any position where you know what to do, you're going to be able to go out and execute better. Think about it. The game-winning drive in the Super Bowl was Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, and that was it. They were four for four connecting down the field. There were no other weapons really healthy or on the field at that point. And it goes back to their off-season workouts and getting there at 6 a.m. You know who knows about that? Rashad Johnson, the former Cardinals safety. He joins us. We're talking draft next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. We knew it was a big story because I was like, the guy made t-shirts that, that saying that he got nine more fingers. The question was asked, like, hey man, you know, you lost a portion of your finger, or you lost a finger, you know, like, what are you gonna do? 
Like, I got nine more. And everybody wore it under their shoulder pads for the rest of the year and all of that. Nine more is a mindset. You know, like, do I focus on the one or do I focus on what I have? Um, so I think it's just a shift in life. Um, it, it's what I do, you know, on a daily basis. Um, it's what's gotten me through the transition post my career. It's like, do you focus on not playing football no more or on the beauty of your wife and the beautiful girls that you have? That's the voice of Rashad Johnson from Cardinals Folktales. Well, it was it was debuted this football season of great acclaim. And these were Cardinals documentaries. And in particular, this was the tale, the story of how the Cardinals lost a game in New Orleans. Rashad Johnson lost more than a football game. He, I mean, he, he didn't just give a, a finger to the Saints, right? He gave a fingertip, uh, literally, in New Orleans. That's what he gave as part of that game. And all I remember is Patrick Peterson saying how, oh, boy, look, uh, his glove is leaking like a faucet. And that is part of the story. That is a part of his career. Rashad Johnson, who joins us now on the Big Red Rage, all presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. And it's always a treat to hook up with a former Cardinals safety, seven years with the Cardinals, 16 career picks, and a wealth of knowledge, especially when it comes to the SEC and Alabama, where he is currently one of their radio broadcasters. Rashad, how we doing? Rashad, how we doing? Doing well, Paul Wolf. How you guys doing, man? We're doing great, man. You know, honestly, uh, I called my brother and let him know that you were coming on because he played 12 years in the NFL. We sit around and tell that story about you losing your fingertip, and we just speak of you in reverent terms. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. Doing good, man. That's a crazy story. I'm still, you know, living with that, but hey, it's working out well in my favor. My my little girl acts about it all the time, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> and by, by the way, you can see the video, the documentary itself, youtube.com slash azcardinals, or uh, the podcast that we put together with Jim Omohundro at Cardinals Folk, Folk Tales. Just search that wherever you get your podcasts. Here's the, here's the football stat, though, because those who are not familiar – with Rashad Johnson's story, all right? Forget about the fingertip for a minute. We're talking Wolf, and you know this. A walk-on running back from a tiny 1A high school in-state, in Alabama. If this is accurate, a zero-star recruit who ended up first-team All-SEC as a safety for Nick Saban and one of the only two-time team captains in Bama history. Man. I mean, you want reverence. How about that story? And here's a stat for you guys. I don't even know if you know this, Rashad, that last season in the NFL, 16 former Alabama defensive backs played at least one game in the NFL in 2021. Wow. That's a ton, man. Um, And I guess, you know, I can tell it was a tribute to that, the beginning class. Uh, I know Coach Saban's first year, no one was drafted. Then the next year, uh, he was able to get three or four guys out, and I was uh, one of the lone DBs. So uh, able to start that class of a lot of great guys behind us, man. It's, it's so much talent that comes out of that out of that stadium. I'm just, you know, lucky, like I said, to be a part of it, and, and it's built my legacy there. Um, but it's been a lot of fun being back now, man, being on the radio and talking ball. You guys know how exciting it is to stay close to the game. Yeah, no doubt about it, Chad. How does this draft class for Alabama compare to years past? Yeah, uh, it's a good one. You know, I, I don't think it's as strong as, as some of the years past. Um, you know, I think we have some 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 great talent. Evan Neal, obviously. Um, you know, Jamison Williams as well. Um, you know, John Mechie, just thinking of some of the guys initially right now, uh, you know, possible first-rounders. Obviously, Evan Neal is going to be first-rounder. Jamison Williams as well. 
Um, but I think they, you know, have some strong talent in there. But, man, if you look back at, at some of the, 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 the earlier years and, and still here recently, you know, this, the, the top picks that we've had from Jalen Waddle to Devontae Smith to, you know, Jerry Judy, you know, guys all in the same room together, you know, uh, four or five draft picks in the first round that we've done in some of these drafts. So, I mean, this is a strong one for us. Probably not our, our best, but, I mean, still a, a lot of talent uh, with some of these guys that's coming out. I am excited to see, you know, just how they start their careers and what they do with it, man. Rashad Johnson is our guest on the Big Red Rage. It's all about you, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. All right, let's get into it. The Cardinals definitely have a need for a wide receiver, too. Jamison Williams, some mock drafts have him lasting until 23 overall just because of the torn ACL in the championship game. First off, how fast is he, do you think? Because when you watch his highlight reel, man, does he separate against SEC DBs. He ended up first-team All-American. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's blink of an eye, beep, beep, you know, running past you and it's long strides he's a tall guy you know six one six two are taller and i mean he is you know literally running past guys the whole time and the thing about it is he's one of those guys that you know he's running the deep route you know he's going to give you a post you know or, or, or run the go on you and it's nothing that you can do about it um but I, what i love about him is that you know he's versatile he, he doesn't only just run those routes uh he's he's good in and out of his breaks um, and in other situations where he needs to run comebacks, third and longs, and making separations there. Um, but the biggest thing that I loved about Jamison Williams this year was how tough he was and how competitive he was. I mean, he was a guy that was running down on punts, you know, as a gunner, making tackles, got kicked out of a game, actually, for, you know, a, a helmet-to-helmet hit. So, I mean, those type of people at, at wide receiver – Normally you don't see that. I mean, and he's, that lets you know like he's just a different breed of uh, player. And I think, you know, losing him ultimately, you know, was a big loss for us late in the season in that championship game. But I think whoever picks him up it, late in this draft, in this first round, is, is getting a steal of a player. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that shot. I think Jamison Williams is big time, man. Um, let me ask you about some of the other guys out there. Who's the one guy nobody's talking enough about? as far as you're concerned? Who is that one guy? Mm, that's really good. I think uh, just looking at that at that group, obviously, you know, uh, like I said, Evan Neal and, and Jamison Williams are getting a lot of the buzz. Um, I, I, I like a kid who, who hasn't – he hasn't played a whole lot um, due to injuries, um, but he has all the twos. He may end up being a late round pick or he may even be free agent. Um, but Jalen Armour Davis. Um, you know, this season, you know, was playing well, uh, was leading the team at one point interceptions. And I've watched him, man. He, he has he has great footwork. He's very athletic, uh, competitive, will come up and tackle you. But he's just been plagued by the injury bug. And we all know some of those guys that, you know, yep. have had talent in some some way or another, they just stay off the field. I mean, he got hurt in warm-ups one year, you know, with a, like a, a, a messed-up shoulder and was out for the rest of the season. So this year was getting a chance to get rolling um, and show that he had the ability to make plays and, and do it, you know, consistently. Um so I was excited to watch him play, and then obviously he went down, and you know we had to play some younger guys. So I, I'm looking at Jalen Armour Davis as a you know late round free agent, a guy that may be able to make a buzz if he can stay healthy. You know, I jotted his name down. He's a corner. The Cardinals have a need to that position. A lot of people think they might even target corner in the first round. But, yeah, that's a guy, absolutely, you know, he's described as long, fast, talented, but just a one-year starter, 6'1", nearly 200 pounds. What about someone you mentioned earlier, John Mechie? 
you know, they lost Christian Kirk, 5'11", a buck 87. Not, not a burner, but good quickness. And, I mean, he's had a lot of experience. He was second-team All-SEC. What about a John Mechie as an NFL slot receiver? Yeah, I like that for John because um, he doesn't necessarily, like you said, have that long speed, you know, like a Jamison Williams or Jalen Waddle. He's not going to pull away from anybody and make that 70, 80-yard run, especially at the professional level. Um, but he has a savviness and a, and, a, and a unique competitiveness about him. He's stocky in his build so he can fit in there and, and, and play in the run game and, and get a little bit rough in there if he has to. Um, but then I think he has that ability in that short area quickness is where he's at his best um, to separate on, you know, those third and fives, third and threes when we got to make a play and we need someone that can make that initial separation, may not be able to run away from him once he catches the ball, um, but all we need to do is move the chains. And I, I think he's a guy, you know, could, that could definitely do that and play a, a good role for a team in that factor. And then another guy that, you know, can play on special teams. You know, saw him several times run down the field and make plays and, and be physical about it. So, I mean, you, you got to love that in a player as well. And, and then, you know, a guy that was able to wait his turn, you know, and then still be humble about it when he got another guy that came in and was better than him. So I think that slot position is, is, is a great role for him. Okay, honestly, right now, I mean, we know about Trayvon Walker, the headliner that he is, of course, for Georgia. Um, I have to ask you about Jordan Davis and what you have seen from this guy. I, I shot, I've never seen a man who is 341 pounds run a four, seven, eight. I, I have never seen that. Tell me what you know about Jordan Davis. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we all saw him at the combine, but just having a chance to watch him up close and personal, man, you know, leading up to the, the SEC championship and then again for the national championship, just, man, just a physical specimen with his size, but just a rare, like we saw speed, obviously straight line speed, but just the niftiness to him, man, that he gets off the ball. Uh, I know we remember a guy by the name of Darnell Dockett that had a great get off the ball, great yep. get off, but then he has like a, a, a slenderness to him like Calais. Calais is so slender when he gets into that, that pass mode situation in the interior rush. I mean, that's, that's special when you got a guy in the interior that can rush the passer especially nowadays with these, you know, quarterbacks that can get out of the pocket and use their legs. If we can, you know, keep him contained on the outside and you got a Jordan Davis inside who can win, uh, I mean, that takes you to an elite level, you know, as we saw with the Rams and Aaron Donald. Uh, S. But, you know, definitely that, that's a, a quick tag to give him, but, but he has a lot of tools and a lot of ability to, to, to wreck the shop up front like that too. Hey, Rashad Johnson, our guest on the Big Red Rage, former Cardinal safety member of that Alabama broadcast team. So if I'm seeing this correctly, Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, 6'2", 225. You want tough. He is described as tough. Played a game with a cast on one hand this year as a receiver, a 4'5", 540. And against Bama this year, he had eight catches, a buck 79 receiving, and two touchdowns. Tell us about Traylon Burks because a lot of mock drafts have the Arkansas receiver going to the Cardinals. Man, uh physical specimen um and then he was physical about his play like he was one of the guys you know in that game early on you know you could see him winning in his matchups but it was like quick games it was like toss sweeps to him and then he was just running through tackles you know from from the cornerback or the linebacker um in fighting for those extra yards you know on plays of that nature it wasn't like it was a post or a go he was catching slants and catching digs and catching quick game and then making the plays after the catch um, and that's always special and unique from that wide right receiver position. It's one thing to separate, 
you know, and, and make the play. But can you make guys miss, you know, and, and then make an even bigger play? Uh, that just makes you elite. And I think, you know, Traylon Burks is, is elite. Um, I think he's that, you know, one-two between him and Jamison. What are you looking for? Um, he, he may, you know, have him because he has that physical stature to him that uh, that's going to wear a DB out uh, if he doesn't, you know, scrap his chin strap up all game. Shad, once again, I want to go back to Georgia right here in Jordan Davis because Devontae Wyatt is also a defensive tackle for Georgia. Their entire defensive line is good. <laughs> that much we do know. Who would you take, Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt first? Who would you take? Man, that's a great um, I, I I like Wyatt. Um, in the two games, you know, watching at Bama, it just seems like he has a little bit more range to him. Um, he, about the same size, but in terms of just sideline to sideline in the games that we're playing, um, he was able to sustain a little bit better than Jordan Davis was. If you go back to the SEC championship, it seems as though he got tired, um, a little bit fatigued. So that may be something that you may worry about, you know, uh, in a season, you know, not playing 12 games now. We're playing, you know, 17 games, yeah. you know, much longer season, playoffs, things of that nature. You know, who's going to be able to sustain with that size and that weight that Jordan Davis has? Obviously, you know, he's an elite player. We know that. But just in that one game when I saw him, you know, not be able to finish it and, you know, it seemed as though he was, you know, tired and not being able to make it, it made me question, you know, in a longer NFL season, how is he going to be a sustainer? And even if he can do it for one year, can he do it for five and six years? So uh, I, I'm going to – if I had to place my bet, I'm going to place it on Wyatt. Do you have an opinion on the top corner in this draft? Because we saw Derek Stingley, LSU, work out today. And he had his 40 between 4-4 flat and a 4-4-4. Uh, I mean, his vertical 38 and a half. They say his freshman season 2019 was just ridiculous. In turn, like Patrick Peterson-esque at, at the college level. But then, of course, you have Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati and Andrew Booth from Clemson. I don't know if you how many of these guys you saw in person or if you had an opinion on the top corner in this draft. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously got a chance to see Stingley in person. Um, same with uh, Sauce Gardner as well. Um, and with those two guys, man, if it's me um, and I'm a defensive back guy, I'm all about consistency. Um, I understand upside and, you know, potential. And I know people want to talk about those things. But for me, like, Show me the consistency. I'm going to bet on that 100% of the time because that's what excels at the next level, you know, is being consistent. I don't want a guy that can, you know, stop him on this down and then give up a big play later on in the game because he's cheating with his eyes. That's not my type of DB. Um, But I think Derek Stingley um, does have all the tools. You know, in 2019, like you said, he had a, a tremendous year. I got a chance to see it in person. But then I saw the following years not as consistent, you know, had a few injuries here and there. Um, but Sauce Gardner, <laughs> no touchdowns, um, just consistent in and out. Maybe they can say the play was a little bit less in a different league. Um, but for me, someone that can play on the island and do it as consistent as, you know, Gardner did, um, he, he has to be your top guy. And, and you know, he didn't perform well in the combine. So if, if it's me, I'm, I'm taking the sauce. Um, and, I, you know, and I'm going to double down on it, make it very spicy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. great, man. Hey, Rashad, so much respect for you, bro. So much respect. Thank you, guys. Uh, for you and the person you are and the player you were and the analyst you are, of course. Thank you so much for joining us, bro. Anytime, man. Anytime. Looking forward to doing it in person next time I'm out that way. Yep. That would be great.
Absolutely. Thank you, Rashad. I appreciate it. I told your story to a couple of 15-year-olds I dropped off at a baseball game earlier today just about how you went from walk-on to two-time team captain in your NFL career. So inspirational uh, in so many different ways, and, and we always enjoy it. Thanks, Rashad. Anytime, Paul. If I can do anything for those guys, tell them to holler at me. You got my number. Will do. Will do. There you go. Have a great one. There you go. That's great stuff, man. We're going to break that down, and uh, we're going to get into uh, which positions would be most NFL-ready for the Cardinals in the draft this year. The Big Red Rage continues right after this. Second down and goal for the Chargers on the Eagle 2. Herbert under center. Kelly the tailback. Anderson the fullback in the eye. Rolling to the wide is Herbert. He's got Anderson at the goal line. Touchdown! He's done a lot of the dirty work for this Charger team. A lot of blocking. He's played some fullback. He's lined up at fullback on this one. Great play fake by Justin Herbert. Rolling to the right. And it was a race between Anderson and the linebacker TJ Edwards. And Anderson won. Ron Wolfley, this is about as close as you'll get to a fullback on a Cliff Kingsbury roster. You realize that. The tight end, Steven Anderson, former receiver in the Pac-12, tight end with the Chargers, five years in the league at 6'3", 230, and really closer to 6'2", 230, and a guy who, as a hybrid or an H-back, has been in the backfield quite a bit. You know, I'm not sure if that's what Cliff Kingsbury has in mind. I'm just saying that's about as close as you're going to get to fulfilling your wish of a fullback in this offense. No, you're right about that, Paulie. I was glad to see it once again because I do think it continues to point an arrow towards a more physical offense, a more traditional offense to some degree. And I don't say that as, oh boy, look, they're going to be running Kyler Murray under center, 40 snaps again. This is not what I'm talking about. But Paul, if you look across the league, and in particular, I would say, look at the Tennessee Titans, the team the Arizona Cardinals are actually going to travel to and and hold training camp practices with. Um Look at their offense. A lot of it is 11 personnel, and a lot of it is shotgun, and a lot of it is here comes the RPO, and here comes the zone read, of course, with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback, and then they mix it, Paul, with 12 personnel, and look, everybody, there's King Henry. His toes are at seven. What do you say we let him attack the line of scrimmage? They'll do it out of a zone scheme, and they'll do it out of a gap scheme, which is a power scheme, which means you basically pull the uncovered lineman down blocks by all offensive lineman, and then pull the uncovered lineman for kickouts. It's a power scheme. It's very, very physical. Um, I I think when you look at Steven Anderson, that's exactly um, an arrow that continues to point towards a more physical offense, Paul. Yeah, he gets a one-year deal around $1 million reportedly. And and Drew Stanton on the Red Sea Report, Cardinals former quarterback, 13 years in the league, you know, just talked about maybe the flexibility that some of these signees, right, some of the free agents and the guys they brought back, and what it does to maybe create an advantage on offense. You give yourself flexibility within personnel groupings to say, hey, we gain an advantage here because we really like the fact that we can get him on the field versus him, or we want this type of defensive personnel on the field because they're going to match. They're going to stay in nickel even if we're in 12 personnel. So they gain an advantage there, or they stay in base, or whatever it is, so we gain a pass advantage. So it, it becomes one of these things where you just give yourself freedom to go down different uh, paths uh, when the time comes. So. Two quick thoughts. Number one, maybe the Cardinals are saying we don't want to substitute as much 
that we want to keep some of the same players but be able to run a lot of different things out of that. Maybe just maybe they realize that, you know, this second-half fade that our offense has suffered the last yeah, couple of years. Probably. Maybe just maybe we were we were showing a little too much. It was a little too predictable based on some of our personnel groups. You mentioned the significance of losing a Max Williams. And, and when yes. Max is on the field, you don't truly know. Are they going to run it? Are they going to throw it? Because he's a dual tight end. So maybe just maybe that's something they've identified, and they don't want to substitute as much because it's too much of a tell. Paulie, I'm telling you right now, honestly, you're right on it, and it's one of the reasons why, again, the Tennessee Titans are brutal in rundown situation because of all the 12 personnel, one back and two tight ends. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to do the same thing. I don't know that for a fact. I just I, I suspect that's what they're going to do. Brandon Staley, you know Brandon Staley is, correct? Sure. Chargers head coach, former Rams D coordinator. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. You nailed it, Polly, right here. He said this, you can't have enough tight ends for me because gaps and vertical threats make you a lot more challenging to defend. So we're always going to be looking for that position. I really value tight ends. I feel like from a defensive standpoint, the teams that can play with two tight ends and make it look like a bunch of other things, that makes it really tough on you. So we're always going to be looking for that position because I think it gives you an advantage structurally. Polly, when you hear Brandon Staley, this defensive savant, when you hear him talk about gaps and vertical threats, what he's talking about is running the ball in between the tackles and then using play action to throw the ball vertically, especially over the middle of the field. That's what he's talking about. So I think that also, once again, when you look at all the pieces that Steve Kime and the Arizona Cardinals have gone out and signed, bringing them back, it all points towards that. Could I also point towards Kyle Shanahan, George Kittle, and Kyle Juszczyk? And using right in, yes. in a similar type yes. fashion. And now Mike McDaniel is going to adopt some of that with the Dolphins. He went out and he snagged a fullback that he's going to use sort of in that H-back spot as well. So absolutely. Now, here's the question. Okay, uh, if you've checked that box at tight end, what are you going to do at receiver? And I want to revisit some of what Rashad Johnson told us about a couple of those rookie receivers who have been mocked to the Cardinals. But first, here's Drew Stan, Red Sea Report again, on just why it's challenging to make that sort of impact that teams want for some of these rookie receivers. As far as wide receiver, that's another tough position to come into because you have to be able to identify coverage in Cliff's system. You have to be able to identify hots and sights and all these different aspects that we've seen some of these guys that we've drafted high in the past not be able to make that jump right away. And some of them are still on the roster. So Rondell Moore, you're looking for more from him. Andy Isabella is still on the roster right now. Guys that you would love to see kind of step up to the plate because it is hard. It's something that's asked of you, and it's the thinking portion of it, but then there's the physical portion of it. And when those don't align correctly, you're going to struggle, and then your confidence starts to waver. Your reaction to that, Wolf, because I hear that, and I think, you know what, the Cardinals have to sign another proven better receiver or two. Even if they get one of the top guys in round one, it's just so uncertain during a rookie receiver's initial year. Yeah, no, you're right about that, Paulie. It really is. We've talked about this. We've had this conversation about how difficult it is for a wide receiver to walk in to an NFL room and suddenly go out and make a difference. The Jamar Chases of the world, those are exceptions, Paul. Yep. Okay. Yeah, the Justin not, Jeffersons, those are, yes, you know, once a year. That is that is not really the rule right there at wide receivers. So, yeah, you'd love to see that. You know what, Paulie? Honestly, I, 
I wonder about a trade right now, especially right now. Um, free agency and the free agent frenzy is over for the most part. And here comes the other still point. Here comes the NFL draft, where these two things, free agent friends and, uh, free agent frenzy and then the draft, Polly, they make things happen. Have you noticed this? That suddenly they force it in, uh, certain situations. And I think right now there could be a possible trade that Steve Kime, something Steve Kime has done very, very well with using trades. Is it possible that he's eyeballing some of these guys across the league? It is definitely possible. Just don't tell me you're giving up a round two pick for Brandon Cooks. It's out there. I know it's out there. I know what the Texans want. Don't give it to him. Don't give up a number two pick, a round two pick for Brandon Cooks. And then you're going to have to give him the Mondo contract because he's going into the final year of his deal. You're not going to trade for a guy unless you get him under a big contract extension. To me, that is just too much. I would rather take my chances in a round two type situation on a receiver because have you noticed – how exorbitant the price is on receivers to get a guy right now on a rookie contract. I mean, you think yeah. a tank of gas is expensive. I mean, you talk <laughs> about inflation. Stefan Diggs just got four years, $96 million, $70 million in total guarantees, Stefan Diggs, and that's after the Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams deals. Yeah, Paulie, it is shocking to me that you don't like Brandon Cooks, honestly. I like him. I, I just don't, don't know. like giving saying, up a round two pick well, and the contract. Well, okay, yeah, I I understand that. But, but um, like, how much money? He's not a one. He's not a number one receiver, Brandon Cooks. He, he's a number no. two, maybe a 1A, if you want to call him that. I don't think he's a number one. Now, if he's going to want unbelievable money, then I'm with you on that one. I got no problem. Do you think he can actually get Tyler Lockett for a second-round pick? What do you think about that one, Now Paul? you're talking. Do you think the Seattle Seahawks would be willing to say, well, you know what, I let's let bygones be bygones. And you know what, that number two pick looks really, really good because I'll tell you right now, Tyler Lockett, over the top of DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm sure the Seattle Seahawks are thinking, well, listen, we're not going to win for another three, four years. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll take that second-round pick and use it. Is that a possibility? I doubt it. But but you know what? After what Rashad Johnson just told us, right, the former Cardinal safety and Alabama broadcaster earlier here in the Big Red Rage, brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert, on Traylon Burks, by the way, you know, the Arkansas receiver, 6'2", 225, first-team All-SEC. When, he, when he's saying they're throwing him slants and digs and short underneath stuff, and he's just making guys miss Alabama defenders or running through and over them, it makes me think of a Debo Samuel. It makes yeah. me think of an A.J. Brown. He's built that way. Yes. Or, or, or when he told us Jamison Williams, who is a flat-out flyer, this guy is just a burner, if you watch the film, making SEC DBs look slow. And he, he's told us that he's tough, he's competitive. Yeah. He's a dog. He's a gunner. He got thrown out of a game for getting into it with someone, it just, and he has a good, versatile I, route tree. I, if you're telling me Jamison Williams is all that, plus he's a burner? I know. Polly, I mean, honestly, I hear everything you're saying right there. There's just one problem. How many times have we seen wide receivers not pan out Yeah, in the NFL? I mean, that's the problem. They all came out with this kind of pedigree and this kind of, oh, my goodness, look at this guy. Look at this guy play. Um... You know, I beware, man. That's all I'm saying. Beware when you look at a rookie and start to depend on him to actually come through in order for you to win games. 
Hey, I'm an upcoming addition to the Big Red Rage. Dave Pash will join us. He's seen a lot of these guys, called a lot of their games, and you can catch up on past episodes of the Dave Pash podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get us the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. All right, we got to finish it up. The B and BA standing for blooper or blunder next on the Big Red Rage. With the new CBA, you only get so much time to practice, and we're not going to waste the stretching. Like I told him, if a Doberman jumped out of a car with a gun, your ass wouldn't be stretching. <laughs> You'd be running. I think some of the defensive guys were holding on to their ass. You know, what are you doing, coach? I was taught a long time ago, coach them hard and hug them later. Rip a guy's ass out there, just football. It's nothing personal. You're just talking about your football stinks. You're a pretty good guy. Thank you all for coming to my house. <laughs> Hope you get home safe. Oh, man. That was a great time. That was a great era. Bruce Boy. Arians, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, a little best of BA clip there from our Jim Omohundro <laughs> out of his fast archives and just the one-liners and the deadpans and the laughs. And, and Wolf, I, I did not realize we're about to start the show. You had a chance to reconnect with Bruce Arians, who is now retired, former NFL head coach. Yeah, Polly, he's doing really, really well. Had the opportunity to speak to Bruce today. He said he lost 50 pounds. You could see it at the press conference, could really? you not, Polly? I did not see that, no. Oh, yeah, he lost a lot of weight. You could see it in his face. Um, I mean, he's still not good looking at all, but you can see in his face, um, he lost an awful lot of weight, Polly. And by the way, I asked him at the end of the conversation if he still would have cut me, and he said, yes, and you know it. <laughs> so Dude, You probably didn't have time to get into how he asked you to speak to the rookies his first year, and you were never invited back. In fact, we don't have time to get into that. But you did ask him about Larry Fitzgerald. What was the headline from the Fitz angle? Yeah, you know, I just said, hey, listen, um, did you try to get Larry Fitzgerald to go and play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And we were both laughing. Um, and he said, yes, he did. There was a little pause, and he said, yeah, and why not? When you think about it, the guy's sure. retired, so, you know, supposedly at least. Um, you know, he's, he's not playing football. He picked up the phone. He said, I had to call him just to see if he was in interested in possibly doing it and I, I he said that Larry told him that he had he couldn't run two plays back to back or something right. like that that's what he told me so speaking of the phone and Bruce Arians Drew Stanton here's his story from the Red Sea report your former your former head coach, Bruce Arians, announcing that he was going to step down, and Todd Bowles is now the head coach of the Buccaneers. Surprised, or do you know things that maybe the rest of us don't know? No, I was completely surprised. Uh, how much time do we have here to make sure I don't go over it? Because I had a complete blunder of like why you don't text in a hurry, and I'm, I'm okay sharing this because obviously BA and I are close, but I had no idea, and I'm walking out the door, and I missed a call from AQ Shipley, and I text them back. I was like, hey, what's going on in Tampa? I was like, I'm headed to my son's baseball game, and I saw BA retired. I was like, Tom didn't force this, did he? And I go to the baseball game. After the game, I get a text from BA, and he said, hey, kid, it's me. No, he didn't force it. He's like, I just wanted to do it on my own terms. And I was like, oh, man, you talk about a blunder. I sent <laughs> BA a text on retirement saying, did Tom force you to retire? <laughs> not, not quite yeah. Bell Belichick to Brian Flores, <laughs> but, but I mean, Drew Stanton thought he was texting AQ Shipley with just a straightforward, did Tom oust him? And instead, he was sending that to Bruce Arians himself. 
Yeah, boy, that is that's awkward. Wild, man. That is awkward right there, Paul. No yeah. doubt about it, man. That is good stuff from Drew uh, Drew Stan. But Paul, it was it was awesome to catch up with him. He's doing very very well. You know what else is awesome? I'll just duck this in before we wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage. You see the headline at NFL.com today, and I quote: "Strongest position group in the draft?" Question mark. And the answer is edge, edge defender. Edge. Paulie, if Lam- that's true, man, if that's true, are you kidding me? They, they say there's like 15, 20 guys that can come off the edge in this draft. I, I mean, we started with a rhetorical question. We'll end with one. Do the Arizona Cardinals, Ron Wolfley, need an edge rusher? You know what, Paulie? Yes. I, this is the great thing about it, but I, I would say this, man. If there's a wide receiver there, Paul, at number 23 that you really, really like, oh, that's not a bad way to go. Maybe no. even a corner at 23. That's not a bad way to go. Paul, you could get that edge guy in the second round. If there's that many guys, that many guys that could come off the edge and Vance Joseph's defense, oh, yeah, man. I'm doing that, Paul. I'll go wide receiver first and then edge. You know my guy. You want to hear my guy? My edge rusher you're going to get in round two? Yeah. Nick Benito, Oklahoma. You know, I heard about this guy, man. He's been mocked out to the Cardinals a couple of times right now. What do you know about him, Paul? Well, his pro football focus grades are off the chart. His pass rush win rate was number one in 2021 of any pass rusher, and it's the highest mark since 2019. And if you go back to 2016, he's top five. The other guys are Miles Garrett and the Bosa brothers. Paul. I mean, it's ridiculous, his production, and, and just how he grades out. We could call him Nick Finito. Oh, I love that. Okay, here we go. Special <laughs> thanks. Rashad Johnson, at least one of us does. Rashad Johnson, thank you. Jim Omohundro, Lauren Coble, Ron Wolfe on Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage. Finito. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.